0: You're listening to the Van Moody podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, Bishop Moody explains how to pursue your dreams and not lose hope in the difficulties and waiting seasons. But on today, the word of the Lord for you is don't give up on your dream. That's the word of the Lord for you. I want to encourage you today. To make it up in your mind, regardless of whatever your dream is, to not give up on it. In Psalms, uh, Proverbs rather, 29 and verse 18, there's a tremendous verse of scripture. In Proverbs 29 and 18, it says this, it says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. That's a tremendous verse. Partly because when it comes to dreams, one of the main reasons why people stumble, and by stumble I mean they don't achieve their dreams, is because they can't see what God is doing at different times along the journey to their dream. And by way of not being able to see, I mean they don't understand. And so my responsibility today is to help you see what God does, and even right now what God is doing. While you're on this journey to your dreams so that you won't stumble and ultimately give up on your dreams. Now, one of the most important things you have to see and by way of see, I mean understand about your dream is this. There is always a gap or a space in time between when the dream is given and when the dream is realized. Meaning that dreams don't happen overnight. There is always a space in time between when that dream is given to you and when that dream is realized or made manifest. There's always this space. Think about Abraham for a second. Abraham was 75 years old when when he got the dream from God to to be a father and and to ultimately become the father of a great nation. But but Sarah doesn't give birth uh, to the promised child, Isaac, Until Abraham is 100 years old. So the space in between when the dream is given and when it's ultimately realized is a space of 25 years. I'll give you another example. David is a great example. Most biblical scholars suggest that David was between the age of 10 years old or 15 years old when he was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. Well, he doesn't become the king overnight. In fact, he goes right back into the pasture after that anointing. David doesn't ascend to the throne until he's 30 years old. Which means that there is a span of either 15 to 20 years between when the dream is given and when the dream is ultimately realized. What's my point? Dreams don't happen overnight. There is always this space between when the dream is given, when you have the dream, and when the dream is ultimately realized. And it's during that space, I often call it um, the in-between. It's it's in the midst of when you are in the in-between, where people stumble the most. It's often during that time where most people give up on their dream because they, they feel like the dream is not happening fast enough or... Or or because we feel like we don't see any movement on the dream, or or we don't understand what's taking so long, and sometimes what we say to God is, God, what are you doing? I, I just don't, I don't get it. It looks like nothing is happening during that space. I know a lot of people who start off with excitement. They start off with enthusiasm. They start off well, but then they get right into that space, and that's where they stumble, and that's where they fall apart. I don't want you to fall apart. I don't want you to give up on your dream. This is why this word is for you. Look at somebody and tell them this is your word. This is your word. This word is for you. And one of the greatest stories in all of the Bible that, that, that will help encourage you to not give up on your dream is the story of Joseph. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 37 and verse 5, it says that Joseph had a dream. And his life is designed to help us to understand why we ought not give up on our dream. Look at somebody and tell them, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your dream, number one, when the journey takes unexpected turns. Don't give up on your dream when the journey takes unexpected turns. This is an undeniable truth. The journey to your dream will take some unexpected turns and it will lead you to places that you least expect it. Joseph has a dream. And then, and then like many of us, what Joseph expects is that the dream is just going to happen overnight. But then, but then his life suddenly takes some unexpected turns. His life goes in a direction where he least expected. Because in Genesis 37 and 19, he's walking up to his brothers one day. And here's what his brothers say. That here comes that dreamer, they said. Come now, let's, let's kill him. Throw him into one of the cisterns. And say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dream. He, he thinks, just like many of us, that, hey, I got this dream. It's getting ready to happen overnight. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his life takes an unexpected turn. And here's the pit. Here's the thing I want you to understand about Joseph being in the pit and, and what it means for your life. I am absolutely certain that these kinds of things will often happen on the journey to your dream. There will be difficult days. There will be unexpected turns that your life takes. Now, I know some of you are thinking, okay, oh, Pastor, I, I received that. But, but can't you be a little bit more positive? We're people of faith. Come on, let's, let's, let's speak positively. Okay, I am absolutely positive that there will be difficult days. I'm absolutely positive that, that the journey towards your dream will be full of unexpected turns. But God is still working in the midst of it. Let let me show you something. I kind of, on your message notes, kind of bulleted out Joseph's journey from from him having the dream to ultimately the dream being realized. And it really goes through 10 significant points. And, and, And as I walk you through these, I want you to just note on your message notes or even on the screen. Whether you think that they're positive or negative. So the first thing that happens is that he's thrown in the pit or a cistern and he's left for dead. What do you think? Is that positive or negative? Yeah, I would say that that's negative. And then he's sold into slavery uh, to a man named Potiphar. He has to be a slave in Potiphar's house. What do you think that is? Is that positive or negative? Negative. Yeah, I would say that's negative too. And in the midst of being a slave in Potiphar's house, he's living in a strange country far from home where he doesn't know anybody. What do you think that is? Is that positive or negative? negative? Yeah, I would say that that's negative too. But then he's given favor. In Potiphar's house. Yeah, he's given favor in his house. Amen. What is that? Is that positive or negative? I say that's positive. I agree with you. But then one day, I guess Joseph was, was handsome. Amen. The favor of God is handsome. It's attractive. Amen. And Potiphar's wife is, is looking at this young tenderoni, and she says, she says I, I, I want you, Joseph, to go to bed with me. And he says, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't sleep with you. And she grabs him and tries to force him uh, to sleep with her. And he runs out of the house and she grabs hold to his, 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 his garment and she, she lies and, and says to her husband, this young, young boy that you hired, he tried to, tried to take advantage of me. Look, look, I, I, got his, I got his garment right here. So he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. What do you think that is? Negative. That's negative. Yes, nobody likes to be lied on. Nobody likes uh, for negative things to be said about them, particularly when they're untrue. And so then after being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, he's then thrown into prison. What is that? Is that positive or negative? negative? That's negative. He didn't do anything to deserve to be thrown in prison. But while he's in prison, he's put in charge of all of the prisoners. What is that? Positive. That's positive. Yeah, I would say that that's positive. Check, check positive. And, and when, he's, when he's put in charge of all of the prisoners, he comes into contact with the cupbearer uh, and, and the baker. And they had a dream and he interpreted their dream. And when they get released, he says, Hey, hey, don't forget about a brother. Tell somebody that I didn't do anything to deserve to be here. Help me out. Hook me up. They say, sure, we'll do it. And then they get out, and the cupbearer, cupbearer forgets about Joseph. He's forgotten by the cupbearer. What do you think that is? Negative. I would say that's negative, too. And then the Bible says that he literally remains in prison, languishes there for another two years. What, what do you think that's positive or negative? negative. That, that's a negative. But then ultimately, he became the second in command in Egypt. What do you think that is? I would say that that's positive as well. Here's the point that I want you to see. Out of this list of 10 things that literally show us the journey from Joseph's dream to the dream being realized. Out of the 10 things that happen, only three of them are positive. Seven of those things are negative. But guess what? He still gets to the palace. See, I want you to get this, because I'm teaching to some of you, and you're looking around saying, I didn't expect to be here. I didn't expect for my marriage to be in the state that it's in. I didn't expect to still be single at this age. I didn't expect that I'd have a problem starting my family. I didn't expect that I'd have these issues and this issue after this issue. But guess what? No matter if the negatives outweigh the positives, the thing is, God can still get you to the palace. God can still get you to the manifestation of your dream unexpected turns and difficult days don't disqualify you from your dream as long as you don't give up. How do you know this, Pastor? I know it because Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that in only the good things, I'm sorry, and we know that only in in the positive things, I'm sorry, and we know that in a few things, no, and we know that in all things God works for the good of them who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God specializes in in taking the negative and and the good and the ups and the downs and the craziness and the peace and mixing it all together and using it to still help you get to the fulfillment of your dream. But don't give up. I'll give you a contemporary example. Many people know this man. Many people know Samuel L. Jackson. He's called one of the hardest working men in Hollywood. He averages about four to five movies a year. I mean, he turned around, he's up, he's in everything, TV commercials. And, but what many people don't know is many people don't know about his journey. People, people don't know about his journey. They see him on the big screen. They see the, the, the end result. They see him living his dream, but they don't know the journey to his dream. They don't know, for an example, that, yeah, he graduated from Morehouse College in 1972. But that was only after he was suspended and allowed back in because in 1969, in a student-led protest, he literally took some of the board of trustees hostage. They, 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 know, they, know, they know the movies, but they don't know that even after he graduated and started pursuing his dream, that he had such a hard time getting his foot in the door, being an actor, that he was a doorman. At a, at a high rise in New York and, and a whole bunch of actors lived in that building and, and all he could uh, do was to just open the door for them. Can you imagine the agony of opening the door of people doing the very thing that you want to do? And to make matters worse in that season, not only was he a struggling actor and a doorman, but he developed a drug habit. He was addicted to drugs, and it took him some time to get clean. But after he got clean in 1992, guess what? He still made it to his dream. What am I trying to tell you? If you lined up the steps to his dream, it will look more negative than positive. But he still made it anyway. Hallelujah. Because God will take even the negative stuff and work it all together for you to accomplish your dream. Don't give up on your dream. Number two, when it takes longer than you like. Yeah, don't give up on your dream when it takes longer than you like. Most dreams will take longer than you and I like to come to pass. I mentioned Abraham earlier. It took him 25 years. I mentioned David. It took David somewhere between 15 and 20 years. Here's the thing. Joseph was 17 years old when his brothers threw him into that pit or threw him into the cistern. And when he begins to work Pharaoh and becomes a second in command he's 30 years old so, so it's a span of 13 years from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison to ultimately the palace 13 years go by why is this significant? Because anything great takes time anything worthwhile, anything significant takes time and this is real hard for us Because we live in this world that's so microwavable. We want want everything fast. We want everything right away. But that's a part of the reason why fast food is cheap and it's unhealthy. Teach Pastor Van. And I'm here to tell you there is nothing about your dream that's cheap. There is nothing about God's will for you that is unhealthy. This is part of why the word of the Lord for you is in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. Because Habakkuk the prophet He's, he's wondering sometimes the same things that we're struggling with. God, how long? How long? How long, God, is it going to take? That's what Habakkuk is asking God. God, when? When? How long? And, and, and God finally responds to Habakkuk and he says, let me tell you something, Habakkuk. Before you get an attitude, these things that I plan, they won't happen right away. Slowly. Steadily. Surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for the things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. I love it. They will not be overdue a single day. I love it. I love it. And the key here is God says, just be patient. See, the truth is, a lot of the stress we place on our lives And even the stress we place on others is because we want it all and we want it all right now. I remember, you know, this ministry is turning 10 years old this year. And I remember, man, years past when we were establishing the ministry and even we were just a couple of years in. Yes, we were growing. But there were days that I would go home so depressed and so weary because of all of the stuff that wasn't quite right. And I wanted it right. I wanted it right immediately. I mean, people would, we'd do everything we could um, to be attractive so we could reach people. And people would come in, and I'd be excited. Yes, they're coming. But then they wouldn't come back. I'd be so down. And I remember agonizing. God, we're going to get this together. God, what are you going to do here? And God led me back to this, a passage. God said, son, just be patient. Don't give up. Keep working every single day. We're getting better. We still don't have everything worked out. But God said, don't give up. See, see, even sometimes um, we're so quick to dismiss people. We're so quick to throw people away. We treat people like they are so disposable, particularly if they are not where we want them to be when we want them to be there. We want people to be perfect. We want stuff to be perfect overnight. But here's the thing. You didn't get to where you are overnight. Can I teach just like I feel it? I'm looking at some of you even now, and you look really nice. You look, you look really nice. But contrary to the song, you didn't wake up that way. About, I woke up this way. Flawless. The, the devil is a liar. You didn't wake up flawless. You woke up, your breath was stinking. You woke up, you needed to take a shower and brush your teeth. And if it took you time to get to where you are, then guess what? It's going to be the same thing for your dream. It's going to be the same thing for people. Teach Pastor Van. I think I'm doing it. This is why the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 9, God says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if, that's it. The key is that one word. If we do not what? We don't give up. There's a harvest with your name on it. But you won't possess it if you give up. I had a chance to meet this man several years ago. Um, Tyler Perry, I I had a chance to meet him we used to get our haircut at the same barbershop in Atlanta many many years ago and you know a lot of people see him now and they see Madea and they see the movies and they see all of, of his fame and fortune now but what many people don't know is that Tyler Perry had been writing plays since he was 18 years old he'd been writing since he was 18 but much of that journey, he struggled. He, 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 he was doing plays long before he became famous, and many of his plays flopped. As a matter of fact, one of his plays flopped so bad that he ultimately became homeless, was living on the street. Then he was able to move up a little bit, and he was living out of his car. And while he was living out of his car, he was just doing odd jobs. Because even though he was a long way from where he wanted to be, he didn't give up and he kept plotting. He, he had odd jobs and he would do whatever he needed to do. And he just kept writing and kept working and kept taking the next day to put one foot in front of the other. See, what I'm trying to tell you is that you can win if you don't quit. Oh, that's a word. You can win if you don't quit. This is why the Bible says that the race is not given to the swift. Ooh, but to him who endures. To the end, that, that if you can just hang in there, even though it's taking longer than you like, just, just, just keep moving forward. So don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Number three, when God is developing your character. yeah, Don't give up on your dreams when God is developing your character. Why? Because in that space, what I call the in-between, in-between when the dream is given and when the dream is realized, God is working. And, and here's a big thing. When you're looking around and you don't see a lot of movement outside of you. And you're wondering, God, what are you doing? That's, that's just a hint that God is, is working on the inside of you. And a lot of times during that in-between period, one of the things that God is working on the most is your character. Watch this. In Genesis 37 and verse 5, it says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I have. We were buying the sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Listen, listen to what he's saying. You can tell he doesn't have the character he needs for where God is trying to take him. He's basically saying, hey, 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 hey. you better watch how you talk to me. Hey, hey, because I had a dream. And let me tell you, all, all, all y'all, all y'all going to bow down to me. You hear me? You hear me? Better watch it. Better watch it, because all y'all are going to bow down to me. Now, he, he, he's oozing with immaturity. He doesn't have the character yet for where God is ultimately going to take him. So what is God doing during those 13 years? He's developing his character. See, here's what you have to understand. God is more concerned with what's happening in you than he is what's happening around you. But see, often we are the exact opposite. We have a tendency to focus more on what's happening around us than what's happening in us. And so we, we complain, God, God, I don't see anything happening. God, what are you doing? God, how long is it going to take? God, why do we keep uh, circling this mountain? God, when are you going to do it? And God is saying, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I, I know you don't see anything happening outside of you. But God is saying, but I see something on the inside of you that I'm still working with. I'm still tinkering with. I, I I know you're concerned about what's happening outside, but I'm concerned about what I see or even what I don't see happening in you. See, God knows character is what we need for where we're going. Because without character, you can get to the door of your dream, but you'll never be able to step through it. And even if you finagle to somehow get your foot in the door, guess what? You won't maintain it. I picked my kids up from school the other day. We had an interesting conversation because they said, "Dad, I just, I, Danny, we just can't wait until we're adults. I said, well, just slow down. They said, but we don't understand. Why do you have to spend all this time being a kid? Why can't you just be born and be an adult? And I said, I said, well, I'm glad you're not an adult yet because we still got a lot we need to work on. We got to work on your decision making. We, we got to work on you not speaking to strangers. We, we got to work on you being able to get up in the middle of the night, particularly Ethan, and make it to the bathroom. We got to work on a lot of stuff. <laughs> What's the point? We still got character development. And so often we wonder, God, what are you doing? I can't see it. It looks like it's not happening fast enough. And God says, yes, because... Because you're looking outside, but I'm looking inside. This is why even in 2 Peter 1 and verse 5, it gives us a roadmap for how God develops our character. God says, okay, all right, you first of all got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got to live by faith. You got to operate by faith. Romans says anything that's not done of faith is a sin. So God says, that's the starting point. But then 2 Peter 1 and 5 says, but then to your faith, you got to add goodness. And then to your goodness... You gotta add knowledge. You gotta grow in your knowledge of me and in the word. And to your knowledge, you gotta add self-control. Yeah, we gotta work on that self-control thing. And to your self-control, you gotta add patience. Oh, can you wait? And to your patience, add service for God. God says you you gotta you gotta get on the dream team. You you gotta you gotta work for me and not just for yourself. And, and then and then to your service for God, add kindness for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you kind? And then to your kindness. Add love, and then watch it. He says, "If all of these things are in you and are growing, they will help you to be useful and productive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But anyone who does not have these things cannot see clearly." God, I don't see what you're doing. To look like you're doing anything, God says you can't see clearly because to your faith we got to add this and. Then we got to add this and then we got to add this and then we got to add this. And so God says, if you want to know what I'm doing in the in-between, I'm adding all of these pieces. That's why I I allowed you to go through this situation, because that situation is designed to teach you patience. That situation when you've got cantankerous people is designed to help you to grow in kindness. And and then and then we'll open up opportunities for you to serve. Why? Because we're trying to grow you in that area. Don't give up on your dreams. I hear you, pastor. So, so, so I know God's doing something in this, in this in-between time. But, but what am I supposed to do while I'm waiting? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you a couple things you ought to do while you're waiting. Number one, focus on serving others. Focus on serving others while you're waiting. Everywhere that Joseph went, he served. Everywhere he went, he served. And this is so critical. Please get this. This is, this, is, this is a tweetable. This is something you need to write down on your post-it note, post it on your refrigerator, post it somewhere in your cubicle so that you never forget this. Here it is. Serving is so critical because the seeds of your dream are planted when you serve others. This is so good. The seeds of your dream are planted when you serve others. Let me show this to you. Look at Genesis 41 and verse 9. It says, then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, this is after the cupbearer gets out of prison. This is two years after he's released from prison. Pharaoh has a dream and and none of the, the magicians and others could interpret Pharaoh's dream. And he's sitting there complaining, nobody can help me interpret this dream. It says, then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, you know what? Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. And each of us had a dream that same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now, a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him our dream, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, the other man was impaled. Right after this, Is when Pharaoh sins for Joseph. Here's what I want you to see. How did God bring Joseph's dream to pass? It was through serving. Had Joseph had an attitude while he was in prison? Had Joseph had the attitude that, you know what, I'm just going to do me. The last time I I tried to trust people. The last time I tried to help my brothers out, they threw me into the pit. You can't trust people. I'm just gonna mm, do like by myself, and I'm just gonna sit over here in the corner of the prison and just whatever. Just just wait on my wait on my season to come when it's my season. Had Joseph had an attitude in prison, he never would have served the cupbearer. And and had he not served the cupbearer. When Pharaoh had the dream, the cupbearer never could have said, you know what, there was a time when I was in prison and this guy named Joseph helped me out so he could help you out. If he did not serve the cupbearer in prison, he never would have been in position for God to promote him to his dream. Oh, this is so good. I'm teaching better than y'all responded. I will teach to myself. Teach, Pastor Man. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, here's the danger of having a dream and not handling it the right way. If you have a dream, but you don't go about it the right way, the danger is it can make you more self-serving. This is a big issue for a lot of people. We won't serve anybody. We won't do anything for anybody else because our life is all about Ah, so I got my own dream. Well, I don't have time to serve you. I got to work on my stuff. Oh, it's fine. Let me go over here and do my own thing. But here's the thing. When that is your attitude, you will live much too long in a self-imposed prison. You, you will be in a self-imposed prison because what you will miss is that the people that God wants you to serve, oftentimes they have the keys to release you from that prison. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. Teach Pastor Van. See, How do you know this past? Because one of the major truths that is all through scripture from Genesis to Revelation is that often the way that God will meet your needs is by you meeting the needs of other people. How did Joseph connect with the cupbearer? He connected with the cupbearer by serving him. And even when when Pharaoh sent for Joseph, he didn't step into the palace like, "Hey, hey, I've been waiting on this. This is my season. I know. He didn't step into the palace like that. He connected with Pharaoh first and foremost by serving him. How did I get to Birmingham? Never in a million years would have ever imagined that this would be the city, a great city, that God would call me to to, to serve others and to do ministry. I never, never, never would have dreamed it. How did I get here? Serving another pastor. How did I meet my wonderful wife? I didn't, I didn't move to South Florida saying, hey, I'm moving here because I'm getting ready to get married. No, I met my wife because I moved to South Florida to serve another ministry. And my wife happened to be a member of that church while I was serving. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that, that when you serve others, it's a setup. Who? I want you to get this. This is part of the reason why when you hear us talking about growth track, Man, it's a double blessing. When we, when we talk about growth tracking, and the four tenets of this church, we want you to know God and find freedom and then discover your purpose so that this is where we are today with Dream Team 401 so that you can utilize your gifts and talents and your purpose when you get on the Dream Team and help us make a difference in the lives of other people. It's a double blessing. It's a double blessing. Why? Because when you make a difference in the lives of others, not only are you blessing them, but guess what? You may be rocking a baby in TWC Kids and the mother might have the keys to unlock you from the self-imposed prison that you've been in. It may be somebody that you pick up in a golf cart from their car and shuttle them to the front door of one of our campuses. They may have the opportunity to usher you into the door that you've been waiting on for your dream. I want to show this scripture to you because I don't want you to think. That this is just one instance in, 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 in the life of Joseph. It is all through scripture. I'm going to show you another time. In 1 Samuel chapter 9. This is when Saul is anointed by Samuel to be the first king of Israel. Here's the backdrop. Saul's dad lost some donkeys. Some, 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 some donkeys. Some donkeys. You'll get it later. And he says, son... We lost some donkeys. I need you to go look for them. I need you to get this. Saul says, "Okay, okay dad, I'll go look for the donkeys." Now, had Saul said, "You don't I got my own dream. I don't I don't have time to serve donkeys." If he would have said, "I don't have time to Doing stuff with donkeys. Let you, you fill in the blank. He never would have been in position to meet Samuel because it's on the journey. Watch this. Looking for donkeys that he meets Samuel. And Samuel says, I, I'm the seer. Samuel replied, go up ahead of me to this hot place for today. You are to eat with me and in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you... All that is in your heart. As for the donkeys, ask for that, as for that stupid stuff. Ask, ask for that stuff that that, that that may have felt like it was beneath you, but you were willing to serve anyway. They've already been found. And to whom is all of the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family? Translation: the donkey stuff was just a setup. God wanted to see if you were willing to serve. Now I'm getting ready to introduce you to what's in your heart. You got a dream in your heart, and it's your turn. Oh, this is so good. I got to get this CD myself. Mm. Lord, I'm almost running out of time. This is so good. What do I do when I'm waiting? Focus on serving others. Here's another thing. Focus on handling offense the right way. Focus on handling offense. Offense the right way. Let me just tell you the truth of life. In the pursuit of your dream, you will attract haters. Everybody won't pat you on your back. Everybody won't give you attaboys and gone girl. Everybody won't do that to you. In the pursuit of your dream, you will run into haters. As a matter of fact, it's right here in the Bible. Joseph was hated. It says he had a dream and immediately he was hated. It has been said that imitation is the best form of flattery. If that is the case, let me tell you what the second best form of flattery is. It's not imitation, it's hateration. (laughs) Can I tell you what hateration is? Hateration really is secret admiration. You need to know that. But regardless of the hate, regardless of the offense, you have to handle it the right way. You cannot break down every time you are offended. You can't go down the road of bitterness and resentment every time somebody says something or does something to offend you. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, the Greek word for which we get the English word offense, it literally means bait. Back during that day when they would go hunting for for animals and they would try to trap animals, they would put bait on it. That's what offense is. When you are offended If you don't handle it the right way, you literally take the bait of the enemy. The enemy's like, oh, if they take that bait, I can trap them. Part of what God is doing in that in-between period, part of how God is trying to grow you. Matter of fact, one of the signs that you are growing in your character is that you're able to handle offense the right way. And when you don't, when someone offends you intentionally or unintentionally and you fly off the handle and you fall apart, let me tell you what that offense points to. It points to two things. It points to, number one, that there's still some unresolved issues. That's what it points to. It points to the fact that there's still some unresolved issues. I love this. When Joseph is reunited with his brothers, in Genesis 45, his brothers—they are like, man, we getting ready to get it. He's gonna kill us. He's gonna throw us in a pit or a prison because he is sure enough gonna be still mad from everything we did to him. And Joseph says, "Don't, y'all, don't worry about that. Come on now, bygones. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Don't even worry about it." Joseph really just just comes out of a totally different place than his brothers expected him to, because. He had dealt with his issues. Those 13 years, not only was God growing him, but God was dealing with the hurt and the bitterness and the resentment in Joseph's heart so that he didn't take that stuff into his dream. You cannot be toxic. You cannot be polluted internally and step into your dream because if you are still toxic and polluted, when you get to your dream, you will taint what God wants you to do. And when you are still sidelined, when somebody offends you, and you just, man, you just go off the handle, it's pointing to areas in your life where you still have unresolved issues. And some of us have been carrying the bags for years. Some of us have been carrying this baggage for so long until our life has begun to be defined by those unresolved issues. And the only way to move past it is to get free. That's right. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, we're going to get free this year. This is why, this is part of the reason why we're even making the changes in our midweek service. So that we can offer more small groups around the city and even here. Because one of the small groups that everybody in this church needs to go through is life. We've done a lot of work to to bring this freedom small group here. Because for many people, that's the missing piece. Because when you get free, oh, your life will take on a whole different complexion. Oh, I wish I had time to unpack that. Let me tell you something else. Here's what, here's what uh, offensive you, somebody offends you and you just flaunt the handle. Here's something else it points to, places you haven't died. If, if you're like, I can't believe they said that. They don't know who I am. And, oh, I got to give them a piece of my mind. Or you hold on to it for so long. They offended you 13 years ago and you are still angry. Well, I'm just not coming. Oh, 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 they're oh, they, they leading something. Oh, whatever, I'm not going to be there. Oh, I can't stand them. If that's still where you are, it's pointing you to places where you haven't died. Look at Genesis 45 and verse 7. Joseph says his brothers, he says, y'all, don't. I'm not mad. He says, you know why? Because God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. When he first had the dream, he was like, hey, hey, all y'all going to buy out of me. You hear me? You hear me? But, but when he gets to the dream, it's no longer about him. He's died. He says, no, this is about God. I get it. I get it now. This is about the Lord. This is bigger than me. This is what Paul was talking about in Galatians 2.20 when he says that, that I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but, but Christ lives in me. Paul is saying that that I'm dead, that my stuff, my flesh, the stuff I want is no longer important. And I can tell whether or not you've died. God can tell whether or not you've died. You know how? Because you can't offend a dead person. Woo! You can't offend a dead person. When you've died to self, man, people can shoot arrows at you and you just brush the dirt off your shoulder. You just keep rolling because it's not about you. It's about God. Man, I'm teaching so good. Listen, I'm out of time, but I got to give you this last thing. What do I do when I'm waiting? Focus on serving others. Focus on handling offense the right way. But here's the the last thing. Focus on the truth that God is always with you. Everywhere that Joseph went. You saw it over and over and over again. In Genesis 39 and 2, the Lord was with Joseph so he prospered. In Genesis 39 21, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor. Everywhere that Joseph went, God was with him. A couple of people in between our 8 o'clock service and this service that were watching online from, from around the world, they, they tweeted me and they said well, well, is there a way that you, that you can shorten the wait?" And somebody said, well it's been a long time but I'm trying to be cheerful. Here's what I want you to know. And those that are watching me online, how do you handle the waiting period? Focus on the fact that even before you get to your dream, God is still with you. Don't hold your breath and refuse to live your life until you get to your dream. So many of us have destination disease. We say we put our whole life on pause and say, when I get there, then I'll live. When I get there, then I'll be happy. When I get there, then, then I'll feel good about myself. No, you got to learn to do that now. And the way that you learn to live even before your dream manifests itself is that you put more weight and more focus on the God of your dream instead of the dream itself. And if you do that, what you'll find is that even if you're a long way off from your dream, you can rejoice in the fact that still where you are, God is with you. And I'm here to make an announcement to some of you. Some of you that may be depressed and weary and worried. God, how long? God says if you would just take a little bit of that energy and focus on the fact that where you are right now, God is still with you. God says it'll change your disposition. When you know that God is with you right where you are, you can praise him in the pit. You can praise him in prison. Come on now. You can praise him in Potiphar's house. Look at somebody and tell them, this praise is because I may be a long way away from my dream, but the Lord's still blessing me. He's still favoring me. His hand is on my family. That's why I praise him right where I am. Is there anybody that doesn't mind praising God right up in here? Right up in here. High five somebody and tell them, God's with you, baby. That's why you didn't die in the car crash. That's why you didn't lose your mind after the divorce. That's why you lost your job, but you still are blessed. Because God is with you. That's why when they walked out, you still are able to make it because God is with you. Thank you, Jesus. He's still with my family. He's still with me. He walks with me and talks with me. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because you are with me. High five three people. Tell him he's, he's with you. 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 Don't wait until your dream comes to pass. Learn to shout where you are. Learn to praise him right where you are. I'm still a long way from my dream, but God, I thank you. Who? God, I bless your name. Some of you got to wait on it, praise. I'm where are the people that'll praise them right now? Oh, I don't have to call my dreams, but God, you're with me. I may still be living in an apartment, but God, I thank you anyway. Woo. Hallelujah! 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 Somebody said, how did Joseph make it through the prison? He was able to praise. What did he do when he was in the pit? He was able to praise. I will praise you through the good and the bad. Praise is what I do. You ought to make it up in your mind. Every day that you wake up, you ought to just praise him. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.